"'Twas the day before Saturday, and from the first minute to the last, everybody was shouting, "'Where the fuck's my podcast?' "'Well, relaxed, everybody. You won't be long in a bad mood. "'The elation is projected when they finally hear it's Friday, it's good. "'Whether driving in the evening or listening first thing in the morn, "'we've got topics aplenty.' Most of them descend into porn. We've been at it a year now. Fuck knows why. If we do another 12 months, I swear Jack will cry. So this is our big thank you to all of our listeners. From the first man to the last, to the ladies. How are you doing? This is the Good Friday Podcast. How are you, Jack? <laughs> I think it's taken us a year to get a good intro. We just we, we just got it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me about a week to write that. Oh fucking hell! This is I mean this is the best way to start a podcast is just to turn around and listen. Just how much more effort you put into this show than I do. <laughs> just because it's our it is our one year spectacular, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, because I don't know. Can we add sound effects? Like if we're not editing it ourselves? I mean, oh, we're we giving the mugs. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, fucking gas. Let's check us out. I mean, who would have thought, Darren? Who would have thought? Who would have thought it? In fairness, when we started this a year ago, this is released on the twelfth of March. The first part of it, anyway, will be released on the twelfth of March, twenty twenty-one, and episode one was released on the 12th of March, 2020. So exactly a year to the day. Isn't that mental? How fucking weird. Or honestly, it doesn't even feel like a year has passed. It just feels like we've been doing this about four or five times. It's not like we've got much better at it over the span of a flipping year, is it? No, it's just we, we chat shit to each other most of the time. It's just sometimes we happen to record it and put it up on the internet. That, that is the most perfect description of our podcast I've ever come across. So sponsors, here you come. <laughs> <laughs> we're trash. People like it. Exactly. But yeah, fucking hell. What what have we been doing? Honestly, a year. Well, first of all, how have you been, Darren? I haven't I haven't spoken to you in a little while. It's been a while. You've been up to quite a bit, haven't you? Not talk talk to me. I'm fine. It's, it's better I'm you fine. did your own grade. I'm managing. I'm I'm keeping busy. I'm I'm doing bits and pieces. Um. Oh sure, like you know, give me another, give me another twelve months. I I will be Leonardo DiCaprio. That was the statement I made a year ago. So <laughs> give me another twelve oh, months. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh, uh, do you know what? We should have. Do you know what? I'm going to hold our hands up and just say that we probably should have actually listened to the kind of shit that we said, as if we would be doing this in a year's time. Like I today, say we are going right? to. There's on. been people who've gone back and started listening to the podcast from the start. And they're texting me now going, why did you say that in episode two? Or, or something? It was recorded <laughs> over a fucking year ago. I don't know what I said. <laughs> yeah, I think I became, I think from the start, I was very, um, well, Darren, I, I, I was very like you. I was very xenophobic, racist, homophobic, and transphobic at the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. I've since transformed. But you're still that same person. I think I transformed because I got a message from my uncle about a week into the podcast or two weeks, two, sorry, two episodes into the podcast. And he said to me, Oh, this is a rather interesting thing. And then like, I had no message for a little while. And then he forwarded me the link to the podcast. And I was like, Oh God, you're listening to that. Are you? And then like, I remember when my dad was listening to that and I was like, oh, I mean, 
we've gone through the rounds on this podcast. Like I've spoke yeah. about like jizz in my friend's hair, like oh, doing some weird stuff, now. which I probably shouldn't mention. Yeah, I just, just yeah, this is a, I, I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Part of me did want a career in politics, but after this podcast, there's no fucking chance. Yeah, as a podcast disclaimer there to anybody who's doing that thing of looking back through all of my past social media and internet dealings in looking for a way to ruin me in 20 years' time, um, this is all me playing up to a character. I'm actually acting at the moment. So. <laughs> this, this is the not. This is not the real Darren Jenkins. I promise. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a deep fake. This is this is this is the character. This is the stereotype. That's that's what we're so fucked. So, talking of that, did you really expect when we started this podcast podcast? Sorry, last year to be Leonardo DiCaprio a year on. What were you actually expecting? Not just from this podcast. I mean. Let me delve into your, your, your big brain of yours. What, what were you expecting, A, from the podcast, and B, from your, your, your life as an Irishman living in, in another country? What I was expecting from it, I said this to you around the time that I was pitching it to you. I had this idea for, for a long time to do like the take of an Irishman and an Englishman's perspective and stuff. I really? Think, to be honest with you, that we'd be doing it 12 months later. Why the fuck did you pick me? Because there's a lot of other Irish, there's a lot of other Englishmen even. Jesus. That you know what it was? Seriously, I knew, because uh, from our time working in Sarah's kitchen, rest in peace, um, it's now a <laughs> block of overpriced flats. Um, exactly <laughs> it was the restaurant that Jack was running. Um, and we were working Sundays together. We used to have great crack. And I was just saying to myself, Oh, this would be good, actually. He might be the kind of a person out who might be up for this. And I remember saying it to you, and you were so fucking nervous. You had agreed to do it, but you were so fucking nervous about it. And I was like, just relax. And then I think we were drinking a bit, I think, before we actually went up for the first episode. And I think for the yeah, first... Yeah, we had, we had a drink, yeah. Yeah. I think like for the first... I think we did that for like the first two or three episodes. I think we were like fucking drinking before we went up, and then we were like, right, well, we can't do this anymore. So we Yeah, just, I know. Uh, there was plenty of reasons to drink around that time, but the podcast wasn't one of them anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just using the podcast as an excuse to be alcoholic. That's all it was. Exactly. I apologize for the ah. sound. I'm eating a hot cross bun here at the moment that we're talking. That's my celebration. In the fucking state of you. This is a podcast. Take it fucking seriously. Hey. Otherwise, I will, I'll find another Irishman. I'll Disease. find another Irishman. Jesus, tis not... I swear hot crumb spuns are like an English thing, are they not? No, I think, well, I don't think he invented, didn't Jesus eat a hot cross bun in the desert, Chuck? I don't think he ate it in the desert, you muppet. He went 40 days. Well, sure, he must have done. Oh, Lord, I actually. I have no idea. Catholicism is not my forte. Across the buns. Jesus used to eat one in the desert. Jesus ate a hot cross bun in the desert. I think you're full of shit. Our guests for this episode are none other than, drumroll please, the Hardy Bucks, ladies and gentlemen. I shit you not. We're talking about where we said this podcast would be, in where we thought 12 months ago, where this podcast would be 12 months on, or even if we thought we'd be doing it 12 months on. I didn't think we'd be doing it a year later, and I didn't think we'd get somebody of the caliber of the, of the Hardy Bucks who come on and do it. They're absolute gentlemen. 
to come on and give an interview to me. Do you want to explain to the people why you're not there? <laughs> Is that a good enough excuse? Yeah, further, further perfect examples as to Jack's lack of commitment to this. I just got overwhelmed. Too many Irish in a room makes me twitch, makes me want to punch and scream. And, and I was like, Rah, and I, I just I couldn't, I couldn't pull myself to do it. I, I will say I one thing, though. I couldn't pull myself to do it. I'll say one thing. For the amount of guests that we've actually had on the podcast, they've all been Irish because you haven't gotten an English one yet. You really think? Do you know how I start this? Do you know how I like, you know, when you go about getting a guest, you're like, oh, hey, my name's Darren. I'm the nice guy on the podcast. That's probably the shit you kind of pull. When I do it, I'm always like, hi, I'm Jack. I'm a small presenter on a podcast with another Irishman who talks over you all the time, comes up with the ideas and doesn't let you think about anything nice. He makes you embarrass yourself. If you'd like to be a part of my podcast, please reply here and message Darren back because he will deal with everything. Thanks. Cheers. Bye bye. Signed Jack Johal, the small English person on a podcast of two. That's how I sign everything. And that is why we And if Richard no Branson English is listening and is interested in sponsoring this, you can contact us <laughs> at bushwriterpodcast69 at gmail.com. Go on. I'm gonna st- I'll start sending out some mad, mad. Like, I mean, I'm, if we might have Jeremy Clarkson on this week. You, you never know. You know, weird as shit has happened. Weird as shit has happened. So before you get all like fucking angsty, the fact that I wasn't there for one fucking interview. Two. When was the second? Can I I just like clarify? There is is a part of me that, that, you know, just is lazy as cunts. But there is a part of me. Darren, you did tell me the interview with our other guest who is... Are you going to introduce him? Please introduce him. Please. He will be on part two of the podcast, but it is, it is Mr. Luke Devani, the, uh, the musician extraordinaire, the man who can play 414 different fucking instruments. That's going to be on in the second part. My God, but making love to that man must be insane. That, you know, I regret not coming on and asking that question. <laughs> right. The thing I wanted to say to you is, um, what did you, I turn back on you, what did you think, first of all, obviously you said you were at home, you told Meta about it, but when I told you the concept of it, what did you think, how long did you think it would, it would actually last? And you Oh, mean, Lord, like six months. Like, no, like, no, you six even months, it six months, fair play. Stress. I didn't, I, I didn't, no, honestly, I, it's six months, I didn't even give it six months. I honestly thought, I thought it would be something that you'd kind of want to do. Then we wouldn't have time for, and then it would kind of be like, oh, but then something called COVID happened and then gave me all the time in the world and no excuses. Because normally, whenever my friends are like, oh, Jack, we're doing this. Do you want to meet up? I can say, oh, no, sorry, I'm working. Even if I'm not working, it's a good enough excuse because they they live far away from me and they can't come and check. And if I tell you I'm working, fat chance you're going to come down and be like, oh, is Jack working today? Let me go and have a look. Like you probably wouldn't do that. Or I could lie to you and get say free I'm going food, out on a what? date with my girlfriend. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But like, I mean, I could just, I could lie through the skin of my teeth. And unfortunately I'm extraordinarily narcissistic. So I probably would lie through the skin of my teeth. So <laughs> unfortunately I didn't think it would last that long, but as soon as COVID came, couldn't make up these shitty excuses. I like, how many times can you tell someone you've got COVID that you don't want to do a podcast? Like, imagine every single time over the lockdown, 
you messaged me being like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, sorry, got COVID, mate. Sorry. 21 days later, you're like, oh, Jack, are you better? And I'll be like, sorry, mate. I've got, I, I don't know, a hernia. And then 21 days later again, I'll be like, listen, mate, I'm dead. I'm sorry. I'm dead. I, I honestly wouldn't know how to come back to that. That's great. I look forward to that over the next 12 months. So, uh, well, you, now you can understand why my, why my energy is, is always where it is. In all fairness, though, Darren, what was one of my New Year's resolutions? Was it not to give more attention it was. and more energy to the podcast? And yeah, since then, fairness, how have I'll I been? That. Yeah. And I've been great since, have I not? You have. Since the turn of the new year, you have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. That's really, that's actually no. I've got, of course, you've been good. All right, in fairness, there's like I'd have been back out of you the whole time. In fairness, if I if I wasn't, this thing wouldn't have lasted twelve months. (laughs) (laughs) What the question I want to ask you is: What did you actually expect to get from the podcast? Did you just did you expect to get anything? Um, we have spoken to quite a lot of cool people. I mean, I, regrettably so, you're right. I couldn't be on the podcast when you're speaking to the guys from the Hardy Bucks. I mean, that, and ironically enough, the first episode, I'm pretty certain you said to me, my challenge of the week was to go and watch the Hardy Bucks. Yeah, yeah probably. One of, not, definitely one of the Bucks. first episodes anyway. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I went to go watch them. My mam, see, I'm Irish, my mam. My mum watched them with me over Christmas as well. And like my whole family sat there and watched them when we were at home. And it was, everyone was so gassed for me to even like be doing the interview. And I know how the interview would have gone. Dan would have been like, this is Jack. And now I'm going to ask all the questions, which, you know, I'm pretty glad I wasn't there for. But anyway, we have still met. I'll, really I'll cool comment people. on that in a oh, second. You know. Go on. <laughs> Why did you, did you impersonate me to pretend that I was still there? No, like I, did that in the, I think guys. I did that back in the chocolate teapot episode, but I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yes. Holy shit. Fuck me off. Do you know what? One day, one day, I'm going to do a little Instagram, you know, poll and ask how many people would like an episode without Darren. And then it might be like <laughs> one of those ASMR episodes where I just like subtly, subtly, that's not even a word. I sensually, that's the word, talk into the, ca- into the camera, into the microphone. God, I've had too many drinks. And I talk about... I don't know, life experiences and people might actually enjoy that more than, you know, me and you back, you know, battling back and forth about how great our nations actually are. Yeah, you can do that. And then you can watch just how quickly this thing disintegrates into a pile of shite. <laughs> you mentioned our guests, in fairness. We have been privileged enough to have some great guests, in fairness, and some great contributions um, from the likes of Kennedy and Rabo from the Kennedy and Rabo podcast. We've had a. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. We've had them. We've had um, we've had uh, Michael Bonner and Aaron Hughes, uh, the founders of uh, Oath Film Studios. We've had, um, of course, one of my friends, George Fenley, contributing on the Christmas special. Um, Mikey's there every week, but of course, the the first <laughs> the yeah, first yeah. episode or the first guest that we ever had was, of course, the legendary Irish adult film star John Magnum. Have you ever oh, recovered from that interview? What, my backside or like mentally? <laughs> you, you tell me what happened when yourself and John went out of the room. <laughs> oh, I just I can't, can't really ruin my life by talking about it now, can I? No. I'd rather not. I'd still have a girlfriend after I finish this podcast. <laughs> I've talked about some stuff. Is there anything on it that you regret talking about or that you regret not talking about? There have been some rather questionable moments when I've spoken about something and maybe 
per se, my girlfriend has come out and said to me, oh, I probably wouldn't talk about that. Or for your own, she doesn't say like, don't talk about that, but she might correct me on how it went down. And then like, when she corrects me on how it went down, I'm a bit like, hmm, probably shouldn't really be mentioning that out in the public domain. I mean, I've had a couple of friends who have said to me, like, I mean, I think there's a difference thing, a difference with Irish and English people. Like, from my perception, and Darren, correct me if I'm wrong, if you talk about something like, I don't know, like, what have you spoken about that's been funny? Nothing. But what have you spoken about on the podcast is <laughs> stuff like, you've, you've spoken about, um, oh my God, what, what disgusting word do you Irish use when you talk about getting a bird? What's it called again? Shifting. Shifting. There we go. Shifting. When you talk about shifting, I see like some people in the DM on Instagram be like, oh, lad, what a lovely comment about shifting. That's such an English response. How do, how do Irish people talk? Oh, lad, now we, that was a lovely, a lovely talk about shifting. Yeah, we, uh, that was a Five horrible. months and your accent's still not getting better. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, I need, I need to go to diction classes. But like when Irish, like you guys back each other. Like when I turn around and talk about some of the things that like have either happened on holiday with some of my friends, they literally get back to me and they're like, why would you talk about that? Like, why would you mention my name? Like, that's not something I would turn around and talk about again. And I'm like, are we like that fucked up that we really shouldn't have done it in the first place? I mean, I do admit the story about jizzing in one of my friend's hats and then forcing it onto his head is not something that should really be out in the public domain. But I do really think it's funny. <laughs> I but agree. I agree. English people don't back it. I feel like a lot more Irish people are like, oh, that, that, that tickles me inside. That's definitely not I how Irish I think it's because either. maybe, I don't know, maybe we take ourselves less seriously, I'd say. But um, the other part of it as well is I've, I've been as tactile as I possibly can be in terms of not naming people on this. And there was times that I, I wish I had named certain people. Um, is that your biggest regret? So are you telling me, you just asked me is my biggest regret. Exactly. Well, everything I just said, is that your biggest regret is actually not name shaming more people? Cause that is a fucking sick regret to have. Not, no, 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 not in general. Not like I said, like, Oh, I want to tell everybody and anybody, but there is one occasion I think where, uh, I wish that I had named the individual involved. I'm not going to get into it now. Again, see, that's tactile. That's why my friends don't give out to me. Um, there's one time that I wish I had named the individual. I'm not going to go into it, but I will say it's in one of the earlier episodes that if you can go out and find the lost episodes on Mixcloud, you, you'll understand what I'm talking <laughs> about. So we're going to leave it there and we're going to trudge on to the next part of the show, which is the part everybody is waiting for. The interview with the Hardy Bucks, the interview to end all interviews. Um, we're delighted, of course, to be joined by Peter Cassidy and Stephen Kelly this week, uh, French Toast O'Toole and Cowboy Lavin. Just for context, for everybody who doesn't know this as well, there's a couple of names in it that in the interview that maybe you won't be too familiar with, so I'm just going to say it. Chris Tordoff plays uh, Francis the Viper Higgins. Uh, Martin Maloney plays Eddie Durkin. Um, and those are two of the guys who created the show originally and Owen Colgan uh, plays Buzz McDonald who my dog is named after um, not that you need your it. dog's named after a character yeah I named the dog Buzz after him yeah oh lord this I didn't must mention have had that like a little interview. pie in your pants when you knew you were interviewing them 
No comment. Now, <laughs> we're going to leave it on to you. Take it away, other Darren. Now, a very special podcast deserves a very special guest. Plural. Now, and I'm delighted to be joined by the legends of Lush, by the Adonises of heterosexual excellence. That is... Peter Cassidy and Stephen Kelly, also known as French Toast O'Toole and Cowboy Lavin, otherwise known as the Hardy Box, ladies and gentlemen. And we're putting the applause sign right there. Fair, fair, fair play. We'll have to, we'll have to up our intro, Pete, um, for our podcast. Yeah, we'll have to up, we'll have to up our intros, yeah. That's very good. Those energies are brilliant. Uh, that, I'm telling you, look, listen, there's, um, there's a bale of cocaine out there that may or may not have been sampled before I did this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, um, obviously, everybody knows you from the phenomenon that is Hardy Bucks and just what it was on YouTube and what it became then when RTE got involved and when it became the film and everything as well and turned to live shows and everything like that as well. But I'll take you right back to the start. From what the public domain kind of knowledge of where it started from was that Martin Maloney and Chris Tardoff came up with the idea and then approached a lot of people. But in your experiences, where did you come on board with that? I'll take um, that to yourself, Pete, first. I'll go first. So, um, so basically, we knew all the lads. Uh, I used to be living in Galway and all the lads were knocking around Galway at the time and I think I went to Galway, wanted to be an artist, and I ended up collecting glasses in a bar. I think that happens to a lot of people. Like, oh yeah, uh, I know your pain. I know your pain. Go. <laughs> so, so then I, I, they say Galway is the graveyard of ambition. So That's we right. used to always, you know, so we used to be always hanging out in Galway and on the piss and and everything and rowdy and uh, actually, Kofi used to live with Collie and Tom separately. I remember Kofi was the. The, Togo, yeah. the guy from Togo who was in the police exchange. Well, he used to live with Tom and Collie separate, on separate occasions. But then there was one time where, like, there was 20 of us in his house and his, his room was, it was just the size of a room. And uh, I remember his, his landlord came back one time. We were all just after taking mushrooms and it was the next morning. And we were <laughs> pretending to be asleep. We were pretending to be asleep. And uh, Mary Maloney just was asleep like an old cat. And he opened up his eye like this. And the landlord goes, what's going on here? And he's like, we're just having a sleepover. Grown <laughs> <laughs> men. Men, men having a sleepover. So we, we experienced things like that, loads of things like that, loads of uh, rowdy experiences like that. So then Chris and Martin started recording stuff, and the first ever episode was called A Tale of a Hardy Book, which was just uh, Martin leaving the house, and he met uh, Salmon, and then he met Buzz. And uh, then they did uh, the demo, Hardy Books, and then they did another demo and they wanted me to be in it. And I just came back from traveling across around the world and I had long hair and I thought I was a cool dude and I had a load of bangles. And I just came you back. You were cultured. Yeah, I, I was cultured. You know, when them, them wankers come back from traveling and they think they know it all. Oh, well, gap year wankers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was, I, was one <laughs> I, I, was, I was one of them. And I came back and they took one look at me and they said, look at the fucking head and you, you have to be in it. And they go, can you think of a character? Can you think of a character? And I was like, 
French toast or tool. I remember making a joke traveling that everybody has a funny name in Ireland, like Mossy, because he had a green jacket in national school or, you know, different names. You know what I mean? So I thought, just thought French toast. And then my mate was like, oh, tool. So I used that name and then I was in it and uh, it just started from there. And Cowboy never wanted to be in it. Cowboy used to dodge so much. I'll tell this story as well. I've told it in another podcast. There was Go one ahead. episode where we were we were ringing Cowboy. We're like, oh, Cowboy's great crack. We've got to get him in it. We've got to get him in it. <laughs> and Cowboy was always older beyond his years, if you know what I mean. He yeah. was always the kind of lad that he probably got the first wank before anybody else. He, uh, <laughs> he was driving before anybody else. Do you know what I mean? He, not that he had a license or anything, but he was... So we were ringing him and he was always gambling and he was in the bookie. He was living the, you know... Jack Kerouac, Jim Morrison lifestyle back when he was about 15 or 16. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were ringing him and, I was, and he was like, lads, I'm not even in the county. I'm not in the county. I'm not, I'm not even in, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm leaving the, I'm not even in the county, lads. I can't be there. So we walked up to Sallyway, we were filming and I was, and it was the back door to the bookies. Who walked out of the bookies but Cowboy? And I was caught in camera. You see, I don't know what episode. <laughs> but that scene actually in the in the first episode when you look on um, on YouTube, that was all improvised. You weren't never meant to be in it at all, Stephen. All improvised. All kept rolling. That is as it happened. Uh, what happened that day? The boys had been ringing me, and this it was that was no one shouted. No one shouted stop. Yeah. No one. on YouTube and. All the, all the lads that had to go at ringing me that day and I was like oh Jesus no I can't I can't today now. and I was probably hung over from the night before and but the only thing is I loved a bet and it was the day of the Grand National <laughs> <laughs> so so I said I'll sneak in I'll sneak in the back I went down the back roads to the to the back alley of the bookie shop I went in put on the bet and uh, next thing I said I'll sneak out the back way again and I sneak away. Like I, I, I actually spotted the lads walking down the street, and that's why I went down the back way. And I, I thought, Grant. <laughs> so I went in, and I don't know about anyway. And next thing, as I came out, you can see me trying to like. If if you look at the footage, you can see that I'm trying to get out as quick as possible. And next thing, I just out of the corner of my eye, I see Martin and Buzz, and uh, and I don't know who was filming. I think it was Chris. And next thing I just go like that and the rest is, is on, it's on camera. So, um, so just now that you say it, that it's on camera, Stephen, the question I have to ask you is, had you actually spent the children's allowance at that point? So, <laughs> <laughs> I know, do you know what? The thing is, I never, I, I have four kids. I have three kids at the time. And I don't think, I don't think I ever seen a penny of the children's allowance. So, uh, to, um, to travesty. It never it never went into my fingers, but uh, proper order too. Um, probably just as well, or I would have put it on the horse. <laughs> it's a good answer. It's a good answer, Steve. Good answer. It is, exactly. Yeah. There, it's the right thing to just, do. all the legal stuff has gone, gone out the window now. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when, right, so this came on, and my understanding of it is that the RTE Storyline competition was the next stage then, the next progression of the, the YouTube series. So, Pete, when that came along board, obviously, what was the reaction of the people already involved at that stage? Um, it, it was funny. It was funny in a way because that was kind of like, the, I think that was like two years, maybe three years after the demo was released. 
And I was traveling back and over to Sweden. We said Martin, Martin lives in Sweden and I was living in Sweden as well. And Tommy Boo were living in Sweden. And I was traveling back and forth to Sweden and people were like, kind of half recognizing you in the airport. You're getting kind of funny looks. You're like, is that Toshin? And I was like, he <laughs> talked to me like, do you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, you're kind of getting funny looks. And then he came back and, um, we did another series and then all of a sudden we started doing the storyland and uh, no, it was brilliant. It was brilliant because we were getting paid then, you know what I mean? We were getting paid. If we won, we got so much money to make another episode, you know what I mean? But it was brilliant. But some sometimes uh, you might fall into the trap of rehashing the same ideas. Yeah. Which kind of happened, that kind of happened in uh, RT as well. They kind of said, oh, that was so good on YouTube. Why don't we kind of redo it again? But I don't think it ever works when you do it. It kind of does. It kind of does. But uh, it's it, as long as you do it as a, a different idea. It's a, yeah. Redo it, but do it better, you know, or do it different. Mm. You know? uh, the, the, the first time, the first episode I was ever in was the Mitzi Turbo Cup. And I had no idea. Like, everyone used to be on, on to me about the boys, the Hardy Bucks, and they're doing this, that, and the other. And I hadn't really, and I still haven't to this day, looked at any of them. Even the ones that I'm in. Seriously? Yeah. Like, there's only little snippets I've actually watched. So when people, uh, the only buzzwords that I know are the ones that keep getting said. So I know I know now what are the Hardy Bucks buzzwords or, or sentences or you're not into the killing crack or, you know. You know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, you know, I only know them through people actually keep saying them back and forth. And then I figured out which, where they fit in. But the Messi Turbo Cup was the first time I was involved in. And I'd met Martin a few, like, me and Martin were very close in school. And then he went off interrailing to Europe. And I yeah. went basically just working. I was working, working all, all the time. And I'd met Martin a couple of months before the Messi Turbo Cup. And he was on about this Hardy Bucks thing and this thing that he'd wrote. And, and I, he said, I've wrote a, a character for you. And you know we've named it Cowboy and I was like oh great actually I was like right <laughs> <laughs> whatever Martin <laughs> yeah and, and I'm thinking that I'd never hear from him again and uh, then I met him coming down from Galway again on a, on a, on a different day and uh, I met him in Ballandine and he said that, that thing's coming up soon uh, Stephen um, he said I'll give you an email I'll send you an email with a script now when I say a script there was no real script. It was an, an idea on, on, you know, it was an idea that you on the back of a Benson and Hedges box, like Some, something like that. And again, <laughs> like I never even looked at whatever he sent me. He just said, be, be in at the community center on Saturday morning at whatever time. And I went in and I said, what did I wear? He said, wear the craziest thing you have. And now at the time I'd been to America, I'd, I'd been working in America as well for a while. And I went out and bought myself a pair of leather trousers. Do not ask me why. <laughs> I have no idea. It cost four hundred dollars. I thought it was four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Yeah. Jeez, what job were you working out there? And they and they were they were. I was swimming in them. I, I like. I was swimming. Way, way too big. Way too big. Um, but I didn't know any different. Um, I thought it was a reincarnation reincarnation of Jim Morrison yeah. um, the only attention I ever got in them was the wrong attention <laughs> um, but, the question uh, I wanted to ask you because Stephen like um, 
you say yourself, you, you'd met Martin a few times, but you'd never watched the stuff back. So when was the first time we'll say that you kind of got it in your head that like, or that it came to your attention that like, oh, the Hardy books, uh, yeah, I know of them. Like, when was it, did you get the notion that, oh, this thing is actually catching a bit of fire now? Like, this is, people are liking it. Um, I'd say after, after, oh, I said the movie. Yeah, after the movie. <laughs> yeah, like I literally, I literally didn't really know the, like it's only in the last few years I realized how big the Hardy Books was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, I, it, every now and again I get a text at four o'clock in the morning going, she's Pete, you did well in that scene there. And I was like, <laughs> what's he on about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, to, to us, and I'm sure Pete's the same, this was just a gang of friends hanging out. Yeah, yeah. It was it was basically just a bit of crack, do you know what I mean? But then we were kind of we we're kind of playing up to it as well, you know. It was a bit of crack, and that's what made it so fun, you know. Yeah, and also also the fact that you probably know this from uh, studying acting, it's hard to build up a rapport or a relationship with somebody you haven't met before. That's the hard part, and yeah. to, to fake that that's that's or to act it or to live it that's quite difficult. But we didn't have to fake it. And it came yeah. across as genuine because we knew, knew each other already. Do you know what I mean? And it, so. Yeah, exactly. And I was about to just concur with you there, Pete, because that you can see the relationships in between the characters are, are with people who are very comfortable around each other because you look at other sitcoms and it's not that they're, I suppose, any worse off for their anything, but it's different in the sense that you are at an advantage that many people probably wouldn't have thought was an advantage up to that point. But you really did hit that home run in the sense that knowing people and being comfortable around people made the funny scenes more funny and the improvised scenes hit home with people a lot more because it thought, it felt like people were just seeing characters that might be down around the town, like, you know. Yeah, and uh, that was only in retrospect, you know what I mean? You yeah. couldn't plan it. You know what I mean? Exactly. You couldn't get a gang of fucking lunatics from Galway that were living in Galway and down and go, okay, we're going to film this and it's going to be successful. That would, You could never foresee it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of luck. If I had known how, uh, what a huge opportunity is, it's, it's only when we done the Vicar Street gig, Pete, that I realised, hold on a second, this is massive. Like, the, like <laughs> I, I, I was only getting into it, like, in 2019, when, when everything had finished, I was like, yeah. I, know, I, I had made my life through other circumstances as well, I slowed down with my own work. And I was like, if I had had this time, if I was who I am in 2019, seven or eight years earlier, I would have pumped everything into the Hardy Box. It was yeah. just, you know, I, I, it was only in 2019 I fell in love with the Hardy Box. I will say one thing to that as well. Like the, the Vicar Street gig that, that you're on about there, Stephen, I'd actually been at it myself as well with a couple of friends of mine. And one of the highlights we always say on the stages, because everybody had come on, like Eddie and Buzz had come on, uh, Martin and Owen came on, obviously, like, and had their, their big roar, their big reaction. Mikey Salmon came on as the, the MC got his massive reaction and everything like that. And Pete, you came on with Uncle Mick and had the, the massive reaction as well. But the one thing we always said was that when you came on after the halftime slot yourself, Stephen, and sat down in the classroom scene, 
we were always like, there was a lot of people just going, is that cowboy? Is that co- a boy cowboy? A boy cowboy? A boy cowboy? And then they were off you going, yeah. And the place went nuts then. I always said to myself, that's freaking amazing, I said to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that lit, that that lit a fire on me. That and then, like I can you imagine? I, I hadn't been on stage since in years, in years and years. And it's the right place to come on and do it again. By I'll tell you, fair play. And I was like, I, we, I have to keep this going. And I knew backstage, we sort of knew that was, this was only going to be a five, six, maybe seven gig mm. run. Yeah, and um, and I, but I was like, I'm only starting to like this now, and that's when we set up three bucks left. Myself, Pete, and yeah. and, and Michael. Was that the natural progression then, Pete? Will say that um, once the Hardy books, the, the television aspect and the film aspect of it had ended, that the next thing was, well, I have this buzz of it now. I don't want to let it go. So, what can we do next? Was that what happened? Um, well, I'm always torn. I'm always torn. I'm always thinking. Um, I'm always thinking that it should be finally, you know, French toast should die in a barrage of bullets, and it should be finished. <laughs> and it, we can put it. We can put a cap on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it'd be like like Bobby in Dallas coming back in the shower. Do you know what I mean? Not that yeah. I'm saying I'm like Bobby, but uh, a disheveled Bobby. But um, what I was going to say. So I kind of have a love hate relationship with it, really, because. Um, I, I, maybe it's just my own look. I always see the scenes and I'm like, that could have been better. That could have been better. That was kind of cut a bit. That could have been better. Or maybe if you put more work in, in the live show back when we started, we could have been better now. So I wanted to go back to YouTube and that's our plan. Myself and Cowboy's plan to go back to YouTube and do three bucks left on YouTube or do something else on YouTube. So that was the plan. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. because we had such recognition from Hardy Bucks, it was kind of like, we kind of it's like a spin-off but we're trying to spin away from Harry Box and create our own thing and hopefully hopefully we're doing that you know with charity gigs and charity runs and and stuff like that and little videos and stuff like that so hopefully and the podcast we have a podcast now called Dead Hitchhogs yeah and uh it's a it's a different entity altogether you know we're getting on sports people we're getting on artists and um it's qu- quite like your own podcast you know it's it podcasts it's it's a different format completely you mm. know we're still only learning. We're still only learning. So we're, we're, we're learning ourselves as well. But to, I just wanted to, to we, we've learned nothing, I'd say, in the last 12 months, but we're still at it. But uh, I, would, I wanted to say, just you brought up the charity runs there, Pete. I just, um, some of the stuff, and if people follow your Instagram and follow the Instagram stories, they would have seen the runs that you would have done around, obviously all COVID restricted and everything as well, but you still managed to pull it off. Just talk about some of those for your, that you managed to pull off over the recent weeks. What? I'm laughing here because every single podcast we go on or talk, Cowboy mentions his aneurysm. So Cowboy... <laughs> I, you know, I didn't mention it today, I think, for the first time I ever. mentioned it today. I mentioned it today. So I say he's always stealing my thunder because he mentions an aneurysm. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Cowboy had an aneurysm. And I don't know I'm laughing, but I have. But, uh, you might as well you make say, fun you of say something. unfortunately, P, I, and I will say this, and I know this is going to sound like the daftest thing ever, but that aneurysm was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> there you go. And that sounds that sounds crazy. But Cowboy had an aneurysm and uh, he... And when, what year was it, Steve? That was in 2016. It was the week of the, the, the 1916 rise and the commemoration. 100 years. So, so he, he ate an aneurysm and thank God he made a great recovery. And he yeah. said, 
in Bournemouth, the people in Bournemouth Hospital were brilliant for him. I'm going to say this, Steve, because I'm stealing your thunder now, okay? <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, he made a great recovery, and uh, he said as soon as he was going to wake, wake up from the coma or whatever he was in, he said, I'm going to run from Mayo to Dublin, the, the, the ambulance route to uh, repay, repay the people in Bournemouth. And then we thought about it, and we are like, we can't go the ambulance route because you're going up the motorway. And if they seen two lunatics running up the motorway, they might put us in the fucking mental asylum. But, uh, so, and I was like, fuck, I, I don't want to run to Dublin. I'd prefer to be running out of Dublin. No offense to Dublin. like. But, um, so we decided to run home. Do you know what I mean? So we decided to run yeah. home. So we did that over, how long was it, Steve? Three days, three days. And when, when, I, when, I, when I said this to... I did. I said that coming out of Beaumont, uh, I was in Beaumont for nine days, and then they shipped me back to recover in in Casper Hospital, another great hospital. I said that on my way out. I said I'm going. I was just getting into running at the time, and probably what had saved my life as well was the fact that I had got so fit from being very unfit to being fit, and next thing getting the aneurysm. And on my way out, I said I'm going to run from Dublin to Mayo. To, uh, to raise money for Beaumont Hospital, as Pete said. And it was two years later, between the jigs and the reels, I sort of put it on the back burner. I had changed my whole perspective on life, and I was living it up as well. But I had started to take take it for granted, the fact that I had recovered. I was starting to slip back into the going out and having three or four nights on the beer. Yeah, yeah. Whole work again. And eventually I remember waking up and thinking, do you remember that? Telling myself, do you remember that time that you promised the, the people at Beaumont? Whatever happened to that? This is my own conversation in the head. Um, like, when are, you, when are you going to do that? If you're not going to do it now, you, you're never going to do it. You're never going to repay your promise. And mm. literally that morning, it was a bank holiday Monday morning, I sent an email to Beaumont, sort of half hoping that they mightn't see it. <laughs> 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 but they got back to me within... They got back to me on the bank holiday Monday, which I was very surprised at. And I said I'd ring them the next day, and I did. So then I rang. We had just sort of set up three bucks left then at, at, at the time, uh, me, Pete, and, and Mikey. And uh, I rang Pete and said, listen, I'm going to do this. And Pete just turned around and he said, well, when, like, I didn't – I wanted Pete to do it. And I was, I was going to ask him, of course. And Pete said, well, when, when are we doing it? And that, that just, that was the stamp of, of peace. Like, I didn't even have to ask him. It was, if you're Brilliant. doing it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Brilliant. That's yeah. fantastic yeah. stuff. And uh, so that was, yeah, but we had a brilliant crew. We, wouldn't have been, we, were just, we just did a podcast before this with a legend called Shane Finn. And yeah. uh, if anybody's watching, he's got a podcast, podcast called uh, Pushing the Limits, is it? But yeah. um, he, was ta- he was talking about how his events, and he was talking about, we did it, we did it, we did it. And... Uh, it basically, you can't do it without the crew. Do you know what I mean? We have a crew mm-hmm. with us and they're, they're feeding us, they're minding us and all we're focusing on is running. Do you know what I mean? And uh, we can't Beautiful. do it without yeah. the crew. Fantastic stuff. The question we always ask our guests on this uh, as well, guys, and it's it's tradition we always say, the question is this, and we, we call bullshit on an answer if we feel that it is bullshit. So we'll, we want you to be honest <laughs> with this. So the question we'll ask, and I'll start with you, Steve. What drives you? What gets you up in the morning? What gets me up in the morning? Always to try and, and better. I have this thing where 
like to make my day, I need one of three things. I need to make, be productive uh, creatively. Um, second thing is uh, uh, do a run or a fitness session. And the third thing is if I get, I'm on call for work and if I get called for work, well, that's a productive day because I get paid very well for what I do and when I get called, it's a productive day. So if I, sometimes I hit the trifecta, that's a very good day. Good man yourself. It does. It does. It's it's like all the stuff of being on mushrooms without being on mushrooms. Exactly. And (laughs) what what I tell you what I tell you what I have I have four kids. Okay, and I'm 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 not with their their mothers, and that is fine. We all get on very well. My kids love me. I love my kids. And I was told your kids. I was told your kids. They don't, they don't, they don't really love me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that where the name Cowboy came out of? If they're all, <laughs> I'm joking. It could have been, it could have been. But the, the I'm is, joking, Steve. Of course they love you, of course they love you. Absolutely. We all love you. Go on, go on. The thing is, I want, I want to, I want to make a legacy so that in 20 or 30 years time, they can look back and say, yeah, we know it didn't work out with whatever and the way things are, but it you know there was a reason for it and something for them to be proud of well said well said pete same question what drives you uh can you repeat the whole question there just so the, i hear it again the question we always ask our guests is that what drives them what gets them up in the morning well it can be as honest as you want but if it's an instagram answer or some sort of contrived stuff we'll call bullshit on it what drives you in the morning when you get up well first of all I fucking hate the morning. I never get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a God honest truth. I'm naturally a night owl. Mm. Uh, I get a second win at night time. Like Steve was on about like, we'll do the run at seven. And I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? We'll do, like I prefer to run at night. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah I went for a little run there. I'm just, I'm carrying an injury at the minute. So I can't run far. But at the night, I wake up at night. My father was the same. Uh, all my, they used to call our house live at three. Because it was uh, there was an old TV show called Live at Three. It was like yeah. uh, an afternoon show with Derek Davis. Uh, yeah. Derek uh, Davis, I knew it was Derek. Derek Davis. But they used to call it Live at Three because it was on three in the day. But our house is always at nighttime. We wake up at mm. nighttime, and so I think some people are just night owls. But yeah. I'm trying to change. I'm trying to change that. And I'm trying to change it. And uh, I suffer with motivation. Sometimes I don't fucking get out of the bed. Do you know what I mean? And when that and, spark uh, goes off, then what is it? Is it like, is, is it money? If it's money, tell us, it's fine. No, no, I, I, sometimes I wish it was money. I, I don't, I'm not driven by money. Uh, I'd say, honestly, maybe guilt. Guilt could be one of them. Guilt that I'm wasting time. And uh, stuff. I feel like I'm, I'm guilty that I'm wasting time, which is not a great motivation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes then it's, then it's, uh, it's for my head too. I do a lot of exercise and jump in the sea and stuff, but that's, from mental health, that's from a mental health. Yeah. I know if I stay in bed too long, I'll be pissed off myself. Do you know what I mean? We also got we also got two cats there lately, two kittens, and they wake us up, the fuckers. We're not <laughs> the <world>. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Though we always we said this that they were the, the fitnesses and stuff. Go on. No, I'm go, I'm gonna say I'm gonna interject there with Pete. Peace. Peace uh, always undersells himself as well. Um, I, so I'm going. I'm going to talk for peace. Peace is peace. Always undersells himself, whereas I probably oversell myself. But um, 
if if I if I wanted to talk to anyone and I needed advice, people would be the man to give me the honest and as truthful and as as poignant of of advice that and I know for a fact that if I was stuck or if I was going to do anything, that people would not let me down. And Beautiful. like and he's 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 when 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 he clicks when Pete clicks, motivation just just comes to him and also. Even 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 in sports and what whatnot, Pete will always undersell himself again. But then he'll be the last man standing, or he'll be it's the first tough. one home. <laughs> it's it's tough. Pins, pins, pins. We're not lovers, by the way. We're not lovers. <laughs> <laughs> it was blood on the line for a second, lads. <laughs> no. Not lovers. No. Not lovers. <laughs> so just that one night. It was that one night in Paris, though, Steve. We won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> one night in Galway. <laughs> one night in Galway. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. If you are a lover with your friend, it's grand. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Although all of my friends are pure frightened and they're probably turning off now, but like, that's fine. <laughs> Guys, we are... Exactly. We are conscious of time here, so we'll, we'll try and wrap it up. The one thing we will ask before you go, and just you're, to find you now, you are on the Dead Hedgehogs podcast, the stuff you started yourself there, you're, the two of yourselves, and Mikey Salmon, and Gavin, of course, himself as well. Um, what... Uh, that's on YouTube. You also have a Patreon as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah Patreon by the same name, the the, the Dead Hedgehogs, and uh, we're slowly building it up. Beautiful. And again, it's not about money, but it does help with the production costs yeah. and everything like that. And the, elect- the electricity bills better. have to be paid in some way, Stephen. Exactly. 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 Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, recently on TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, Jesus, so, fair play. I don't, I don't, I don't like to admit we're on TikTok, but actually, my last video I put up on TikTok has a quarter of a million views. So go check it out. Wow. Good stuff, good stuff, guys. I'm going to wrap it up there. So, and I wanted to think, say a massive thank you as well to Peter Cassidy and to Stephen Kelly as well, Cowboy and Frenchie. You're absolute legends, lads. Thanks a million. Very, very much. So that was part one of the one year spectacular. It doesn't last a year just for anybody thinking of unsubscribing. It only lasts for two parts. And t- part two will be here next week and we will have more special guests. So we're going to wrap it up and leave it there. My name's Darren Jenkins. And my name is Jack Johow. That was Friday. That was good. That was the Good Friday Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.